Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Natalie Jean. It's Natalie Jean and it's chatting with Nat. Today we have the honor of having singer-songwriters Lisa Coffey and David Vito Gregoli. I hope I said that right. Jesus Christ Superstar rocked the world in the 1970s. In 2015, Hamilton turned the founding fathers into rap stars. Now, 5,000 years after the Bhagavida, I can say that, first appeared, Krishna and Arjuna have gotten the rock star treatment in a new album, Song Divine, the Bhagavida Gita Rock Opera, created by Lisa Coffey and David Vito Gregoli. Based on the iconic text, Song Divine is a collection of original songs with a pop rock vibe infused with Indian instruments and flavor. Let's give them a round of applause. How are you both? Oh, that, thank you. That round of applause sounded great. Yeah. yeah. Where did you get those people? My, my, my two little hands cannot do you justice. So I decided, you know what, for anybody that comes on, I have to give like a like the huge, the loudest applause that I can possibly. It's awesome. Um, so how are, how are you both doing doing um, during this uh, crazy, what I would call um, pandemic era, right after the election? <laughs> You know, we, we've been so busy working on the album this whole time, and it's amazing. It took three years to get the album done, you know, and the pandemic's been almost two years of it, right? So uh, we were able to keep working because Vito has his own studio, and we could do a lot over the phone and over the Internet and FaceTime and all that, and our singers have their own studios. So it it was okay. I mean, we got through it. It wasn't as easy as it could have been if we could all get together, but we managed. It was great. And the timing, actually, for us, we were very lucky because I went to India at the end of 2019, before the pandemic, to get the vocals with Sonu Nigam and some of the Indian musicians there. So, you know, we didn't know that the pandemic was in the offing. Thank goodness we got those then, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to. Right. That's wow. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, the pandemic kind of, well, it did ruin a lot of things, but I think we learned more about the tools that we can use um, in regards to recording with other people and doing live streams and all that good stuff. So um, kudos to that. Obviously, there were bad things during the pandemic, and there were some good things. Um so one of the things I like to ask um, is about the time during the pandemic. You know, a lot of times people had time to reflect, reflect, self-reflect. And so I have friends that decided to quit their jobs. I did. 
um, to do music full time after really thinking about a lot of things, they just felt like they needed to do something that made them happy and more positive. And like, mm-hmm. um, I read an article about that said the same thing that a lot of people were just quitting their jobs because they just they had time to really think about their purpose in life, so to speak. You know, with climate change, right. yeah, the animals were like free because nobody was outside and the pollution levels were down. So Mother Nature was extremely happy um, during this time. Yeah. I, I saw more people walking with their children than I've ever seen in my entire life. I was just like, so I, I have a colleague that was like, uh, I'm, I'm pulling back on some hours because I need to spend more time with family. So a lot of people, you know, they made a lot of decisions about their life. And artists, I know artists that decided to rebrand everything. They said they wanted to be more of an effective player in life. So that being said, during this um, this two years that we've had, have you both had time to self-reflect about how you want to be perceived as an artist? Obviously, you were working on this album, but sometimes, you know, something can change or you, you've decided you like the person that you are and that that's the way you're going to move forward. You well, know, there's, my, uh, my, there's a nature of. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dito. You start. You start. I was I was going to hand it over to you in a sec. Anyway, I was going to say the nature of the project kind of encourages self reflection, um, um, and so we had this programming going on uh, in our lives while we're working, where the stuff is seeping into our consciousness, and Lisa does a daily Bhagavad Gita. Um, uh, lesson on her um, Facebook and stuff. So I'll let Lisa take it from there. All right. Yeah, my my uh, philosophy with this website and blog and everything that I started 21 years ago now, <laughs> 21 years, it's hard to believe I've been doing this for a long time, has always been ancient wisdom, modern style. And it's how we can learn from the wisdom of the past from various cultures and bring that wisdom into our everyday life. And like you said, you know, people during the pandemic were looking for purpose. That's exactly what the Bhagavad Gita is about. It's, it's about one man's search for purpose. He, you know, Arjun is on the battlefield and he's pretty much having a meltdown and he's like, I don't think I want to fight in this war. I'm a warrior, but what is the point and what am I going to do with my life? And that's very relatable to what Mm -hmm. a lot of people have been going through lately. So I think it really just validated everything Mm -hmm. that I wanted to hit upon because it just proves that there's so much need for it. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, you're a hundred percent right. You know, during the pandemic, I was able to do a lot of um, webinars and stuff like on music. And um, one of the things I learned about TikTok is that the, the videos that are the most powerful, the videos that are the most viewed, viewed are the, the videos that are with authentic people, regular people doing things. And what I found yeah. is um, because of the past six years, people want to they need authenticity in their lives. They need realness in their lives. They want to feel like they belong and they gravitate more towards artists that are speaking some kind of truth um, because people just need the real. They just need it. Um, 
after you've been living for a year where you can't even touch anybody and stuff like that, people are gravitating more to understanding what they need in their lives. And obviously, you know, we need people in our lives. We need physical touch. We need communication and all that the good stuff. Um, and I think that's where the world yeah. is. You know, I think people are, are gaining more of a, uh, are becoming more compassionate and more loving. Yeah, I totally, totally 100% agree, agree with you. I mean, another part of the Gita is deciding what is real and what is not real. And as we can see with reality TV and influencers and social media, a lot of these happy faces and these gorgeous bodies and this stuff is not real. It's filters, right? And and we're really getting burned out on that because even if we know it's a filter, it makes us feel bad about ourselves because it gives us um, an ideal that we really can't live up to. And that's just not right. You know, if we want to know who we are, then we need to know also who everyone else is. <laughs> and, and this fakeness, you know, that you see on Bachelor in Paradise and everything. Yeah. Everybody's going on the show to be an influencer. I mean, are you here for the right reasons? What's the right reason to be an influencer? Right? Yeah. I mean, what the heck? You know, it kind of ruins it for everybody. So definitely I mean, got to be well, Natalie just re- released the song today, I think. Yes. I did. Authentically. Yeah, did. and it's right. So um, it's always been, always, well, lately been my opinion that there's a great hunger for music with a message of people yeah. just don't know how to find it. I mean, I work with a lot of singer-songwriters in that, in the kind of the new age pop crossover mm-hmm. genre that are talking about things like this, like Kimberly Haynes and Tina Malia, Donna yeah. Valori. I mean, there's no genre specific out there for people to find it. They can't just type in, you know, conscious music or something and okay. find your new song or any of the other artists I mentioned. And the thing about what we did here with the Bhagavad Gita is putting it in a pop context so that people can listen to it Enjoy the music, enjoy the message all at the same time. Which is very smart, very, very smart, because you in, in, in our world, in our music world, we have to find so many ways for people to listen to our music. And the fact that you put it in pop rock, you're, you're opening it up to so many diverse groups and, and diverse ages also that will say, whoa, I've never heard about this. Let me, let me go and Google uh, Gita. Let me see what that's all about. Oh my gosh, I really need to get into this. So I love that. I love that. Um, when you can create music and it makes people think, that's that's amazing to me. Like me, I don't. You know, as I've grown as a songwriter, I listen to lyrics more than I listen to anything else because I'm always mm-hmm. like, wow, how do they use that? How does oh, yeah, that word is so interesting and. You know, and, and, and it's not to poo-poo on the mainstream artists and what they're doing, but people are tired of the same old stuff that's being played on the radio. It's the same thing over and over and yeah. right. over again. And they saturate and, us with the same message. Right. Yeah. And we were very inspired by Jesus Christ Superstar, which was seemed like really ahead of its time even though it's based on ancient texts and everything the music right. and the message and 
the way it really changed people's whole perception of Christianity and woke people up to it. It was amazing. You know, it like mainstreamed it. It's cool to be religious, you know, and then also Hamilton because Hamilton gave us a format that we never saw before. Right. And it made American history super cool. And (laughs) I know a 10 year old girl that I said, Oh, for your birthday, what kind of theme are you having for your birthday? And she says, I'm having a Hamilton theme. And I'm like, you're 10, you know, (laughs) Hamilton. Oh yes. You know, she knew everything about Hamilton. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. Even for me, when I when I, I actually watched it on Disney Plus, and I was in awe one that they could remember all those lines and sing them. <laughs> no, I mean I even forget my own lyrics and I might mash them up, but to remember all of that stuff is crazy to me. And it made me actually go and Google more information about Hamilton because I was like, oh, they said this. What I could grab, they said this. Let me see if this rings true. Oh, yeah, this is really interesting. So, yeah, I think they did, uh, they they helped the younger generation also just to want to learn more about history and everything else. Right. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that Song Divine will do the same for this younger generation, too. And not just Westerners who have never heard about it, but, right. you know, I belong to the Vedanta Society in Southern California, and there's a big Indian American population there. And many of the parents feel that their children are getting away from their roots, you know, right. they're so westernized in in school and everything, and they forget the the culture and the history behind right who they are, you know, so they're very excited to um, see, see this presented in a way that appeals right. to, you know, hip young people. Right. Right. And then there's the whole yoga community, which basically is doing this ancient practice with very little knowledge of what it's based on. And this gives them the opportunity to access that now. Mm. Exactly. And meditation, meditation, we're seeing, you know, meditation studios pop up all over the place, just the same way we did with yoga studios. And where did meditation come from? Well, the Bhagavad Gita, yoga came from all all this stuff. You can trace back to the Bhagavad Gita. It's the second best-selling book in the world and the second most translated book in the world after the Bible. I didn't know that. That's, that's wow. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I I'm just so surprised nobody's ever done this before. You know, why yeah. hasn't, hasn't <laughs> anyone put it to music yet? But they haven't, so we're the first, and let's see where it goes, right? Well, yeah, always right. in divine timing. I believe everything happens when it's supposed to happen. Um, right. This, this and, question is, go ahead. I was going to say, and, uh, you know, it was, I think, divine timing for me and Vito, too, because we're just at a point in our lives where we don't want to do something just for the money. We want to do something that makes a difference. You know, we want to do something that really is going to contribute to the world. And I, you know, when I was thinking about this, and I wrote the book first and then came to Vito, there's nobody else except Vito who could have done this because of his background with music and instruments and everything that he's done. And maybe 20 years ago, he wouldn't have been able to do it, but now it's like he's the 
absolute perfect person. And same thing with me. I don't think any other person could have, you know, because I have a background in music and a background in Vedanta and I'm a Westerner and I'm old, you know, so yeah, I have a perfect, perfect mix of able to understand and translate it. So, you know, the combination of the two of, of us with then we got this amazing artist and we got these amazing singers. It's just, it's just magic. And it really is divine. I, I felt like we were divinely guided the whole time. Oh, I love, I love that. I love that. Now, this question is for the both of you. What was it about the music industry itself that made you both want to be involved in it? Was it something that you saw, you heard? Was it just something within you that was just like, I've got to do music because music is me? Vito, you said. Well, I would say, yeah, I would say for me it was um, when I was six years old and I saw the monkeys on TV. Hmm. And I, I knew immediately that's what I wanted to do, and then I discovered the Beatles shortly after that, and the, and that's been my life. I love that. I like that. Yeah, I I was actually six also, and my mom took uh, my sister and I to a um, ballet, and she she wanted to. My mom was a ballerina. And she wanted to get my sister and I into um, ballet. And then she saw me dance and she said, no, I think we're going to teach you piano. (laughs) So I I learned piano and I always loved music, um, had a band in high school and that kind of thing. But then like in college, I got sidetracked onto television. So I was kind of like in the media arena. And then when my kids were born, I wanted to play music for them, but the only, there wasn't really good kids music available in the late eighties, early nineties. And uh, it was either like, we're listening to the radio station and Madonna's singing like a virgin. The kids are like, what's a virgin? You know, I'm like, I don't think this is appropriate music for them. Or, you know, we listened to those kids' cassette tapes at the time, which is like E-I-E-I-O, and it's like, what the (laughs) heck does that mean? That's not any positive messages for them. So I started just writing my own music for them, started a record label, put those um, tunes out, you know. We we did really well. We were on Nickelodeon, the Learning Channel, Discovery Plus, all over the place. We made music videos. And then – you know, I didn't do much with it. I started writing books and everything and and wasn't in the music business for a long time until this book came about. And my Swami at the temple kept telling us to memorize these words because it's good for us to memorize them and keep them in your mind. These are holy, sacred words that will really help your spiritual growth. I couldn't memorize them. You know, in Sanskrit, it's just, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't speak Sanskrit. And when it's translated into English, it's kind of heavy and it doesn't rhyme and it's a lot of syllables and stuff. And I thought, well, maybe if I rewrite it so that it has rhythm and it rhymes, then I can memorize it. And it works, you know. And that's when I got to thinking, wow, every, every chapter should be a song. And 
Hmm. I was kind of nervous about, am I doing the right thing? Is this, am I like ruining the Gita or doing something, <laughs> something not disrespectful? But I showed my Swami, told him the idea, and he said, beautiful, wonderful. I support you 100%. Keep going. I so they're all another thing that, about it. Another thing that, um, you know, we were able to do with this is, see, uh, Lisa mentioned having a background in TV. My background <laughs> in my family is film and TV. So we had a sense of the drama of the piece. And as we're creating each song, each song is like a little journey. It's like an episode of a series. Um, and that's something that I'm hoping that the listeners will pick up on. Ooh, I like that. Definitely. So, yeah, it's best to listen to the songs in order, just like you're reading the book, you know, because you go through this journey with Arjuna, the main character. Right. It's amazing. All right, Molly, that's what they should do. Now, I'm going to play Know Who You Are. Tell us what that's about. Well, Know Who You Are is the first one that we wrote together, actually, and it's really the start of the Gita. It's from Chapter 2. It's the first time Krishna speaks, and he's answering Arjuna after Arjuna's had this nervous breakdown mm-hmm. and, and telling him, you know, what the heck are you doing, guy? Get up off your feet and know who you are. You are somebody, and and that's the point of the song. And what's really special about the song is this is the one that Sonu Nigam sang, and we recorded him in India. Sonu Nigam is probably the most famous and most listened to, most beloved recording artist, audit, artist of our time right now in India. He's huge, huge. And for him to agree to do this was such a validation. It was such a seal of approval that um, it, I think it just, it made such a difference in propelling us forward. Awesome. All right. Well, let's play Know Who You Are. Do you know who you are? Do you know from where you came? When you understand the truth, life will never be the same. Never was there a time when there was not a week. Never will there come a time when any of us cease to be. Do you know who you are? You're not this body, this garment that gets shattered. You are what continues on this infinite thread. Of what our clothes and those that you are grown. The soul casts off a one out shell and enters into one that's new. Do you know? Death is certain for the body, and for the soul. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember, you know, growing up, um, so many people would tell me, just be yourself, just be yourself. And, and me feeling really confused thinking, okay, well, what do you mean by that? I don't know who I am. I don't know, you know, just be myself. Who is myself, you know? And I would look to various role models. Oh, well, I kind of want to be like Mary Tyler Moore or Marie Osmond or whatever, you know? And, (laughs) And then, you know, as I got older and went to college and stuff, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. I do have this unique voice and I need to cultivate that, you know, more. What do I have that nobody else has? So, you know, I think that's a really important lesson to learn and the younger you can learn it, the better. And from a musical point of view, I, I think all of us start out imitating the artists we love, but then we right. discover that we aren't the artists we love, and we maybe even don't do uh, that style particularly well. So I think uh, for me, this whole project was about finding my voice in between the worlds of uh, world and new age and the pop and rock I grew up with. Yeah, and it's so unique. I mean, it's such a blend. I, I mean, you can't say this is like anybody else's music. This is so incredibly unique. Which I love. I love the uniqueness. I love um, something uh, very different. Now, what is, you know, this question is for the both of you. What do you love most about being an artist? For me, it's the creativity, the self-expression, the fact that, you know, there's this old text written more than 5,000 years ago, and it's been translated so many different times by so many different people that that I could, like, get into it and and kind of express it for today's audience in, a, right. in that way. I mean, to me, that's just so creative. And, um, and, and I also like that art is not something that you keep to yourself, you know, whether you're painting or you're baking or gardening or whatever it is, it's something that you really share with the world. And that helps other people discover who they are, you know, by their emotional response to it. So that's my favorite part about being an artist. You read them? I would have to say that, um, you know, I spend a lot of my time, being a music producer and producing other people's music. Right. Um, so f- for me as an artist, this is the first solo album I've put out, um, although it's a duet, um, <laughs> in I think six years. So for me, this I love being able to just create and have the flow of the creativity come through me unabated, unhindered by anything. And this is probably one of the most pure experiences I've had of of creativity of, you know, partly because I'm composing the music, partly because I'm playing all the instruments, most of the instruments on it. But it's, it's been just such a really rewarding experience of being able to channel all these different areas of my creativity into this one funnel of something that's, you know, hopefully going to lift the world up a little bit. And uh, that's just so gratifying. And, and, you know, what a great be able to do that. What, a, what an honor to be able to do that and to be able to, you know, change people's moods, change their lives, change right. their, their thinking 
by just doing what I do naturally. Yeah. <laughs> what a great and gift thing, and what an honor. Yeah, one thing, one thing that um, Vito did, which um, I thought was really fascinating, is he chose a different Indian rag to be the basis for each song. And I didn't even really understand what a rag was or whatever. This he came up with all on his own. And I pretty much just let him do his thing, you know, like he's in charge of the music. He knows how to let him go, you know, and every time he'd say, okay, well, what do you think of this? I'm like, okay, well, I love it. (laughs) I don't think there was a time when I said, nah, go back to the drawing board. Let's know. I never, every single time it was like, great. This is awesome. You know? So it was a really good collaboration. Awesome. I love that. Great collaborations because you know collaborations can be funky or they can be the best collaborations ever. Amen. <laughs> They're um, good collaborations. Now, um, you did you did submit this album for um, the Grammys this year, right? No, actually, it was. Yeah, it's officially coming out October 13th, so it'll oh. be in the 2022 Grammys. 22 Grammys, and it'll fall under the New Age category, I'm assuming, right? Yes. All right. Well, Unless people... it turns into a musical between now and then, and then it'll be in the uh, that oh, category. Yeah. So are you <laughs> Anything thinking... can happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, thinking... that's what, I mean, that would be our end goal, would be to have it on stage, on the Broadway stage, oh, you know, awesome. touring company, or, or something like Shen Yun, you know, that has all the drama and the music and the backdrops and you know some some kind of a hybrid like that so it's not just Cirque du Soleil yeah Cirque du Soleil gosh there's so much we could do with it so yeah if there's any uh, theater producers out there that want to partner with us hey give us a call (laughs) (laughs) now I'm going to play Lotus in the Pond tell us what that's about this is a really fun song. I think this is kind of a danceable song. Deepak Ramakrayan does the lead on this, and, and he sings the Krishna role. Um, but there's a, a line in, in the Gita, which is kind of a famous line in Buddhism and everything else. It's a story about the lotus and how it comes from the mud, and yet it grows into this beautiful flower above the water. And it doesn't let the water touch it. You know, it's undisturbed by any ripples in the water. The lotus rests above the pond, unwetted by the water. So that's what Vito chose as the um, chorus. The hook. It's like perfect. Yeah, the hook. Perfect. And he, I just wanted to say at this point, each of the songs was influenced by a different style of music, generally speaking. And this one is definitely coming from the Prince Michael Jackson arena. So okay. it was really fun to delve into that uh, that particular pool, so to speak. Awesome. I can't wait to hear it. Let's play it. Oh, oh, oh. 
Yeah. 
Fantastic. I like that. Wow. Thank you. Very good. How are you marketing and promoting the album? Since you have uh-huh. a that's, that's the billion-dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Actually, this is the part that I'm not so crazy about, you know, trying to do all the business and then going on social media and trying to get people to watch and buying Facebook ads and putting – videos up and oh my gosh it's it's a grind just trying to get the trying to get the word out but you know i'm hoping that word of mouth starts to take over at some point you know and and we won't have to be so pushy like listen to our album you know every five minutes (laughs) (laughs) well if we're coming into grammy season here so everybody's totally down with that on facebook right now listen to my album listen to my album um no i get it you know, because I have like five other singles that are coming out, and I'm, I, I, it's, it's just going to be inundated. So I, I completely understand. Um, yours is going to be, it was going to be New Age Pop Rock. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm interested to know how you're marketing this. I mean, obviously, you can market it in the different um, genre categories to get more of an interest, but obviously, you can put it on One World Music Radio. Uh, um, DMR. I think you could do stuff yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that for sure. We're putting up like we made a music video of um, yeah. "Know Who You Are," and okay. that's been on YouTube. And you know, we also have an audience in India because this is an Indian, you know, book right. that that originated in India. So I've been kind of marketing to that audience as well. Okay. Um, that's Which good. not every album can do, you know, but I think for ours, it's a, it's a good strategy to just start getting some views and that kind of thing. Um, one of the things that I, um, that's been kind of popular with how I do things kind of is like you take, I don't know, some of the lyrics from the song or some of the, the words from the Bhagavad and then you type them up in like Canva and then you take that and you put it next to the actual song and that, that works really well on Instagram. And they're like, Oh, and then oh. they go piece and then you have that that video kind of and it has to be a real video, but it's just the song that they can listen to, just a clip of it. And then you, yeah. you hashtag, and then you hashtag to death. To death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I've been making lyric videos from each song, too, because those are pretty easy. If you go to Fiverr, you know, you can get people from all over the world who can do lyric videos. Yeah, Fiverr is my friend. I do use my Fiverr. I use Fiverr for (laughs) CD. I I get that. It's awesome. But it's crazy how we have to find so many ways uh, to (laughs) – get people to listen or view or do anything like this it's a lot of work and, and people just don't understand i mean i put all my stuff all my music on tiktok but i did my own tiktok videos from my own music and find different ways of incorporating new releases on there as well and trying to get people that's another mm-hmm. thing get on the tiktok do something on there people seem to think that people that are on tiktok do the most the silliest thing but there are stuff that i there are people that um give you lessons on different things and I've learned so so much from those 
And then there's some that make me laugh. And I even put my little kittens on there myself. Um, but um, I I'll have to look into that. That's that's one platform I haven't uh, tackled yet. I'm, I'm on Insta, Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube, and Pinterest. That's about all I can handle. <laughs> Everybody has their own, you know, their own social media platform that feels yeah. comfortable to them. And you can't, it's really hard to try to tackle all of them. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir because I didn't want to be on TikTok for the longest time. Um, but Pinterest, I learned, is um, mm-hmm. right up there. I mean, I was on Pinterest years ago. And then my friend Valerie was just like, she put her son Ricky Prasad on it, and then he gets like seven thousand views on stuff, and he, he's got over seventy thousand views now for the stuff that's on there. I'm like Pinterest. That's, that's amazing. I'm like really that site. So now I'm like oh now another thing to add to my repertoire of lists right. that I don't have time for. Um, <laughs> This is crazy. So, what is the one thing you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Um, I don't. I don't think I wish I, I had known that it was so expensive because I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't know how expensive it was. <laughs> well, when I was a kid starting out, it was a completely different industry. Um, there were record labels and there was no social media and, right. you know, I mean, there's no way to have known. I guess the thing I wish I would have started earlier was to find my own voice and stop trying to be what I thought right. was cool to be, you know, and really I've got stuff I did that was new age that I did in the seventies, except there was no term new age at that time, but I didn't think anybody wanted to hear it. <laughs> And, you know, here we are later and, you know, it's a completely different landscape out there. So, you know, and the message I would say to anybody starting out is, is follow your bliss, find your voice. Amen to that. And the last question is, what is a quote or message or affirmation that you like to use on a daily basis, a month, during the year, whenever that pushes you forward? Well, my, my favorite quote of all time is from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he said, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. So if you make a decision to do something, do it with all your heart. Be all in. Go for it. Don't stop. Don't let any little thing get you down. Be enthusiastic and follow through. You know, it's it's one thing to create an album. It's another thing to sell an album, you know, and we just got to keep going and going and going till we reach our goal. And this isn't our end goal is just have an album. We want the show. We want the movie. Right. We want the Grammy. We want, I mean, we have a long way to go, you know, and we're going to, we're going to go for it the best we can. Amen. That's what I like to hear. And you, Vito? Um, I just said this to somebody the other day because I read it on Facebook because, you know, that's where we get all our information. Um, <laughs> the only people who are guaranteed to fail are the ones who give up. Persistence right. pays off. Amen to that. Absolutely. Amen to Absolutely. that. You gotta, you gotta, yes, you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. 
it'll be. But the more, the harder you work at something, the more you persevere is when things happen for you. And it, it and it's, yeah. And you can't listen to the naysayers because you'll always encounter somebody that's saying, "I don't you think you're too Adam for doing this?" <laughs> or yeah, no, well. No, it, <laughs> Jay you know? Leno always says that that's how he got famous. You know, people say, how'd you get famous? And he said, I didn't give up. He goes, you know, I've been on the comedy circuit for so long, and all those other guys who were there with me at the beginning, they just dropped out. They quit. It was too hard, right. and I didn't quit. I kept going. Oh, man. That's right. That's what we need to do. Well, thank you to you both for being on Chatting with Ned. Oh, Natalie, thank you. Oh, thank you, you for having awesome. us. What a fun yeah. show you have. Thank you. I can't wait to rock out to your album. I'm going to listen to you. Oh, awesome. And I'm going to tell everybody about it. <laughs> so they can thank find you. Thank you. And so you have a website here, www.songdivine.com. Is that where people can go? Yep. That's it. And if you go to that site, we've got some free downloadable items like memes and stuff that you can share. And we've got, um, you know, information on where all the songs will be streaming because they're streaming across every platform. Right. And links to the music video that's on YouTube and everything. Awesome sauce. All right. Well, that's (laughs) it. That was Chatting with that, that's me. And singer-songwriters Lisa Coffee and David Vita Grigoli. I'm chatting with Nat. It was an honor to have you both on the show. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I wish you both success. You too. I think everybody's Thank going you, to Thank you, Thank you. All right. Thank you so me. much, Natalie. Thank you. This was Chatting with Nat. Until next time. with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.